Northern Brewery is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. <laughs> hey, 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 listeners of all, all sizes and shapes. <laughs> and sexuality and religion. <laughs> Whatever. We accept everybody. <laughs> we're, we're pretty desperate. Probably. We are one. <laughs> Yeah. We're happy if anybody yeah. could possibly Hello. listen to this, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still happy. Yeah. Still yeah. happy after all these years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm happy to be here. It seems like it's been ages since we were, we were here. You've been like sick three time. or four times since then, I think. Uh, yeah. I've, I, 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 over the past week, had this horrible, horrible. So I, I got the flu or something, right? It pretty much laid me out for most of a week, and then I was getting better, and then I felt fairly fine. I went to the uh, Zeitgeist uh, event in San Francisco, SF Beer Week. I thought, oh, you know, I'm on the mend. Uh, Sunday, I was just down and out again. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I had such a bad fever that I I was like passing out, and I was just like... Just in this horrible fever dream thing going on, <laughs> brain was in and in and out of consciousness. <laughs> right, right. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I I need to do something to break this fever. I had been That's taking like ibuprofen and all this stuff, right? Yeah. And then I'm just like, well, screw it. I gotta, I you know, I'm not gonna survive if I don't get this thing to break. So I massively up my dose of ibuprofen to the danger level. Yeah, yeah you have to do that. Sure. And then uh, cold showers, and then ice packs, and finally, you know, it's kind of kind of getting better to the point where I'm like, oh, oh all right, now fever's broken. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good now. I'll, I'll be all right. I decided to check my temperature, 102.5 at that point. I'm thinking, well, how freaking hot was it before? Yeah. I am sure I lost <laughs> a fair pile of brain cells. No, you're pretty um, hot. I think I, I, think I sizzled, sizzled a like couple it. of piles. <laughs> I think like, right. Well, the drooling, that's, that's, I don't think that's related. I don't think that's related. The, the droopy eye, I don't there. think it's related. That's always there. I think that's, I think that's something else. That's something else. <laughs> but man, I was so sick for so long. It was brutal. Absolutely wow. brutal. And, you know. And here you are. I, here I am, <laughs> right. <laughs> There's, there, go, there goes that other long. I got the best I'm version fine. of it. Right. No, my, the center of my chest hurts like crazy from all the coughing. Do you have pneumonia? Uh, yeah, I probably had pneumonia. I mean, really. It's it's only like the sixth or seventh time I've had pneumonia in the past that 10 bug, years. Wow. That bug's going around. My daughter had a 103-1 fever. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. scary. She threw up, yacked. There you go. Now, now, see, I was thinking maybe it has something to do with... Uh, it had something to do with uh, work, you see, because as a brewery owner, you need to uh, be inspecting your equipment. You need to be checking around things like this. We've got this uh, 
our glycol chiller um. on the roof of the building. And so it's you know kind of out of sight, out of mind. And uh, we used to get up there like weekly and check it and all this. And the guys haven't been checking as often. And I, you know, I haven't been checking it as often. So I try and get up there, you know, once a month, every couple of months, and just take a take a look, see around, make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. A critical piece of equipment. I go up there this last time, and what do I see? It, you know, it's warm. It's you know, it's been cold. The glycol chiller is quite warm, and it's big. It's just like a like a you know, eighteen wheeler up there, <laughs> and uh, pumping. And what do I see? A bunch of dead pigeons, yeah. pigeon crap. I mean, it's it's there's pigeons and pigeon crap under the thing. There's <laughs> pigeons and pigeon crap in the thing. Do you think I have bird flu? Well, I don't know. And you know, there was a pigeon nest inside with like the ugliest freaking little pigeons. When they're people are like, well, that's not a pigeon. I'm like, ah, it was. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, strangest damn birds and just the nastiest things. I mean, if you could put like a butthole on wings yeah. and and give it, you know, everything a rat has <laughs> plus and even more greasy and poopy than a rat. That's absolutely what they are. They are they are vermin. They are the rodents yeah, oh, of the yeah. sky. <laughs> absolutely. And they are climbing all over my glycol chiller. What, so, what kind of routine maintenance does a glycol chiller need? What are you getting up there for? Uh, you know, you need to check check the, the the state on things. I could never get their remote panel to work, so um, I can't check it remotely. You know, you should check your your inlet Light pressures, your outlet pressures, your vacuums, your you know uh, your temperatures, your all your settings, your cycling, all that stuff, and then. You know, it's, it's going to need a little little maintenance here and there. And then glycol, you got to check the glycol. Because your glycol, I've got $5,000 worth of glycol in this thing. Mm, yeah. And glycol will, you know, things can happen like it can form, you know, bacterias or molds or slimes, things like that that can affect the pH and can actually, you know, consume the sugars of the glycol, and then the you know, thing goes acidic. Once it gets too acidic, it's a lost cause. So you have to check the pH of your glycol wow. uh, every um, you know every month. We have it on the calendar to check the glycol pH, get a reading, and if it it should be around you know eight and a half to nine pH, and if it drops down, uh, you can actually add caustic to bump it back up. Um, if it gets down to, I think it's seven. It's considered lost, and you have to restart. And uh, you know, another five thousand dollars for the glycol. What's saving up? Brutal. Yeah, so it's worth maintaining your glycol because that's that stuff's not cheap. I mean, no I, pigeon poop in it though. We're good. Uh, no, it's it's a sealed tank. But it's closed. Oh, cool. I mean, I, I, I've, I've known yeah. of some people that have uh, used like automotive glycol and things like. That. You can't use that because a food grade, man. Right. There, there's a chance, let's say you get a pinhole in the jacket of a tank where a little bit of glycol leaks in, you know, um, you know, it'd take quite a bit to hurt somebody, but, um, you know, the automotive kind, but still, you know, you don't want any of that in there. And if it's food grade, the food grade glycol, they actually mix in with certain foods. It's like in, you know, they put in ice creams, they put in all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, the food grade stuff's fine. It's the automotive type of stuff that's not good. It'll kill you. But uh, no, so we call the pigeon poo dead corpse bird remover guy. Well, there's somebody who does it. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. They Somebody's come out. Everything. Jeez. 
Well, <laughs> they specialize at, in pigeons at eight hundred dollars to clean this up uh, per eight hundred dollars. I'm just like, was it worth really? it? Really? You're kidding me. Eight hundred dollars? How long were they there? No, no, I'm not paying it. Pressure oh, washer, I'm man. Do it myself. I'm already diseased. Oh, I'll do it myself. Yeah. yeah, pressure washer. That's all you need, right? Full on suit and a mask. You're good. <laughs> right, right. But uh, well, there are there is some electronics in there I want to protect, but. Um, I'm like, that guy knows it. I doubt it. Right. The guy you were going to hire. Right, right. Exactly. What's this fuse? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking like 400 bucks. I would have bit at 400 bucks because I was thinking, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your time and well, labor. Well, it's le- less than four hours of work, but you're going to have some consumables, your Tyvek suit that you're going to put on and some gloves and, you know, your pressure washer use and all that crap. You know, a couple of hefty bags. All right, four hundred bucks. No, eight. Eight. Yeah, they think they think they you know they see you coming and they they try and double Sucker. double He's charge dead. you. Right. Not oh, he wants he wants his poo out of here. <laughs> he can barely breathe. He it's ain't climbing true. that ladder. Yeah, I'll tell you dead. what, buddy. He's sick. Give me another three weeks and I'll be able to climb that ladder yeah. again, <laughs> and uh, I'll have my other lung back. I'll be able to climb that sure that, that ladder and I'll I'll get up there and I'll clean that poo up. Yeah. It ends up close to a thousand dollars. You know, eight hundred bucks. That's almost a thousand. Yeah. Hell, uh, you wouldn't believe what I would do for for eight hundred bucks. Uh, and it's certainly tell us <laughs> cleaning dead pigeons and pigeon up. poo is easily on the list. No problem at all. Yeah, just I, think you, know, you could you could buy your daughter like eleven minutes in a college course. I mean, for eight hundred right. bucks, it's that's big money. Right. That's right. I could get her, you know, like a week's worth of uh, tuition. A week. Where are you sending her? A week. Public school. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, hey, I'm saying uh, there, there, there is not a job I'm not willing to tackle if the price is too high. Yeah. I do it myself. Yeah, you have a value on your time. That's right. When it gets there. Yeah, I don't. Well, and sometimes it's just a matter of principle. Well, yeah, I agree. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. I'm not giving you that. Dog. <laughs> right. I, Especially just, I don't want to do it. You're not getting my. You're not getting my. Cash. Right. 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 Well, it's like uh, you know, anything. You you, you just you kind of decide. Yeah. You know where you're going. What you're going to do. Make a value judgment. Though. Is it That's worth right. the money or not worth the money? Okay. Well, you know, money is a fleeting thing, but. Uh, <laughs> It disappears. You know, those that have it, uh, you know, they probably wouldn't be cleaning the pigeon poo. Those, no, they wouldn't those, have to. Those who have decided to open a brewery, yeah, they're, they're cleaning pigeon poo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. They're so fucked. So you want to build a brewery. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, you know. You you have to you have to make a choice. Pigeon poo, no pigeon poo. You know, a good place to always spend your money is, you know. Our, <laughs> excellent job there, Tasty. Northern Brewer. Yes. Yeah, Our yeah, fine yeah. sponsor. Go there first. <laughs> Go and go there often. They may have a. They might have a. Check out their cleaning supplies. Pigeon cleanup kit there too. <laughs> right, right, right. They may have a pigeon porter. Who knows? Yeah. There you go. A little you pigeon make, porter kit. Right, the white name in there somewhere for you. Yeah. The white creamy, you know, <laughs> blackish head. Creamy pigeon shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'll tell you. You know, if whether you're you're out cleaning pigeon poo or. You're out brewing your next homebrew. Check out uh, northernbrewer.com, our fine sponsors. Uh, cheap shipping, fast shipping, and, uh, you know, all the great products to make all the beers we talk about on this show. So check them out, northernbrewer.com. All right, so what are we doing today, John? Kolsch, 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 Kolsch. Kolsch. 
Awesome beer. Yeah? Yeah. yeah it, you know, it's very clean and crisp. You know, it has this kind of sulfury note to it. Uh, visually, it's gold and gold. Maybe a little bit darker gold. It, it kind of varies. Uh, you don't really want, like, a, an offensive hop note. It should be balanced and malty all the way through. Uh, you don't want like a cloying uh, Pilsner uh, sweet influence. You don't want any Pilsner really. Yeah. It should be clean and crisp. crisp. Yeah, that's pretty much the beer really. Crisp, no, no, uh, no esters. I mean, it can yeah. be kind of confused for a lager. Mm-hmm. If you people can't kind of differentiate between the ales and the lager strains, but um, overall, very dry, crisp session mm-hmm. ale. Right. So. Yeah, you know some the the examples. When you're in Cologne, some can be a little more sweet, some can be a little more dry, some can be a little more hoppy, some can be a little less hoppy. You know, they they vary almost like, uh, you know, like you might have a American Pale Ale. Hmm. You know, imagine American broad Pale range. Ale out here, pretty broad range. Same thing at Kolsch. Um, you know, the the style tends to get you know narrowed down. Um, I think that the real key is. You know, a balance, but a crispness, a dryness. Not overly dry. I mean, you know, if you're talking like German Pilsner, too dry, too crisp. Right. You know, if you're talking uh, Munich Helles, mm, closer to Munich Helles than I'd say German Pilsner. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and it's malts, dryness, crispness, balance. Right. But I'd say generally, you know, crisper and drier than Munich Helles. So kind of in between those two. That's a good way to put it. You know, same thing on hopping. You know, German Pilsner, um, you know, a lot of times people talk, oh, you know, it's it's hoppy and all that. But uh, hoppy is a relative term in German beers. I think, you know, German Pilsner is the hoppiest of the German German beers. But to our palates out here, no, it's not hoppy at all. You'd be like, oh, it's barely got hops in it. It's touching my palate. Right. So... <laughs> um. You know, it's kind of in that range as well from, uh, you know, almost no hop character whatsoever to some subtle hop character uh, in the Kolsch. Now, we compare them to, to uh, lagers, but in fact, it, it's an ale. So, Right. Uh, right. So what, how does that distinguish itself, say, from a, from a lager? I mean, I, I think of like, uh, there's going to be like more ester character because it's, a, it's an ale? Yeah. Or is that dependent on the yeast? I think I think it, it, it's a well nowadays in Cologne. Um, there's like one brewery that brews like six or seven of the colches, the true colches that are being brewed. Wow! That's, that's and then like brew. one brewery brews their own, and that's it. That's awesome. That's that everybody. Really? Huh. Mm. Um, Tells you about their consumption <laughs> in, in that area. Right, right. Uh, that maybe that's what I have consumption. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, you know, ale yeast, but uh, you know, so there is there is some estuary, but like John's saying, uh, you know, you know, very very low. They, I think they talk about you know estuary fruity more in the style guide than you know you really are going to experience. I think it's you know it's almost like. You know, clean like you know, Calaille yeast or you know, oh, one type of clean. Yeah, there's some Nickel. esters in there, right. sure, uh, but you know, not too much. And then when you marry that with, uh, you know, some Pilsner malt and some other things, uh, you know, I think you pick up some kind of that that fruity ester 
Uh, you, you get some of the fruit character, but it's really, I wouldn't call it an estuary ale. You know, not like an English ale or something like that. Right. But it's more on the clean lines. Just like Alt is actually a clean hey. beer, too. Well, it's a pretty light beer, so I figured that, you know, it has to get its flavor, you know, from somewhere. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, you know, good quality malts. Now, what I, I, I assume that uh, water's a big issue for, for a for a Colts. That I, when I think of a, the ones that I like the best, they've all had sort of a, a mineraly character or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the, the water of Cologne that I had you know, been applied or what. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know. You know, what I call them minerally, I've had some really minerally beers, so I don't know that I call them minerally, but, you know, I can, I can see some mineral character having an influence towards some of that dryness, crispness. And maybe, you know, you'll consider that more minerally than I would. Yeah. Um, you know, but I've also had some examples that have been more, you know, less minerally, more soft water kind of uh, flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, for me, I like those. Yeah. Much more neutral. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a little softer, a little rounder. And, you know, there there is a range in Kolsch, and I think a lot of times we kind of lose track of that. I'm glad they got rid of that nonsense about being tart because of That's adding wheat so or whatever. It was just bizarre. <laughs> it was. So, Don't uh, do kudos that. Kudos to the BJCP for kind of tightening that up. I'll tell you what, let's take a short break. When we come back, uh, perhaps we'll have tasted some of our fine examples uh, these are going to be fine examples, right, Scott? I sure hope so. All right. We'll be back right after this. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic oh. existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the Home Brewer. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. 
Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, their amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from thebrewingnetwork.com. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. This is a song called The History of Tenacious D. And it's not just a list of bullshit that we've done in the past. It's a chronicling of our riots. To power! We ride with kings of mighty steeds across the devil's plain. We've walked with Jesus and his cross. He did not die in vain, no! We've run with wolves. We've climbed K2, even stopped a moving train. We've traveled through space and time, my friends, to rock this house again. We write, we write, we'll never subside, we'll ride to the planet's collide. And if you say that we do not ride, I'll turn your fucking hide. Ride! Our fingers be silver, shut then be gold. But lest you think we're vain, we know you're all robots and we don't care to name the thing. We reign! You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're uh, enjoying some um, examples, uh, one classic example, and a couple other uh, 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 beers that, that say Kolsch on them. So, uh, <laughs> uh, At least they say that. Right. Yes, they so they are proudly pro- proclaiming. Blondell was taken. They're making a... a <laughs> Blondell was taken. Well, actually... Yes, <laughs> yeah, somebody had a trademark. We had two Blondells, so they had a Kolsch. 
Is there a difference between Blonde Ale and Kolsch other than the yeast? Like, could you use the exact same recipe and just use Kolsch yeast and now it's a Kolsch? Yeah, 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 no. Um, you know, Blonde Ale, I think, <laughs> you know, a little more you know, American yeast character. You would have more, you know, American hop character. Now, you know, not a ton. You could have almost none to, you know, some. Um you know, it's it's about a lot of little delicate things, you know. It's like, what makes porn truly porn? I know it when yeah. I see it. Yeah, exactly. You know uh, when you see it. Uh, There's a lot of, little, lot of little subtle differences that make something, uh, you know, not porn to one person and porn to another. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you know what I'm yeah. saying. All right. Jay-Z just winked at me, just so everybody knows. <laughs> That's... It's the uh, the droopy eye and the drooling. The pigeon poop talking. Right, right. It's the pigeon poop and the fever talking. Uh, so what we've got in front of us is uh, we've got Fru. 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 And we've got uh, the Kelly Craft uh, Kelly Coast. That's a lot of Kelly. That's a Kelly. It's easy for you to say Kelly Craft Kelly Coast. Um. You got a flow so, that you got, John. I, I'm, I'm imagining Made that's California, California based. And then uh, we've got the uh, flat tail uh, uh, Kolsch as well. Ta- tailgater, or I don't know. Yeah. Um, for, uh, up from in Oregon. And the Fru from uh, Cologne. Yes. This, by the way, uh, the flat tail Kolsch is in a can. This is the first round of cans off the line at uh, Flat Tail up in Corvallis, uh-huh. Oregon. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, you know, Kolsch is a uh, you know a generally um, you know mid range ABVs, you know, kind of in the five range, and uh, you know a sessionable, you know, fairly easy drinking. You should you should be drinking in quantity. John was John was saying before the break is oh yeah you know good Kolsch you could drink a lot of it, yeah easily in, six pack a day. In, in Cologne, you go into the, the beer bars, and it's like uh, going into uh, um, and Scott, unable uh, oh, to control his drinking. This is not on the equipment. We're good, though. Uh, you go into, into Germany and uh, uh, in Cologne, and they'll, they'll serve it to you in these little glasses, you know, a stained, uh, you know, a tall, skinny, cylindrical glass. You just go in, you sit down at the bar. And they just start bringing them to you, and uh, <laughs> they, don't even ask. they put a little mark on the on the coaster, and uh, you know they just keep bringing them to you. You just keep drinking. They That's just keep. We should be here in California. Oh, it's brilliant! Don't you turn your coaster over or something? Or uh, yeah, you, you put, put on a, to, you put on top, top of your glass. Of your glass. Yeah, when you're done, you're done right, and then they count up the n- number of tick marks, and uh, and brilliant. then then you pay your tab. That is brilliant. It's great because a couple of things. One is... You go in a bar anyways to drink. Right. Why do you, you need to order? You don't have to order anything specific. I mean, you go to the place you like drinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, that beer, and they bring you the beer. and uh, A beer. In in those glasses, you know, there's no no screwing around, and so service yeah. is great. You know, it's nice and quick, and it's constant, and mm-hmm. you don't have to reorder. The, it's their job to keep an eye on you and make sure your glass is full. And so it just, just makes it so easy. And wow. it's, you know, uh, so you go place to place. I, I pretty much have had everything on this list for classic examples. Whoa. I was looking at it. I'm like, even the American ones. I mean, the ones I haven't had. Uh, Ice, Ice, Ice and Bond Dorada I have not had. 
I have not had New Holland Lucid. And I have not had the Shiner Kolsch or the Capital City Capital Kolsch. I've had all the rest. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's a style I enjoy. John, you enjoy it too. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, it's a yeah, great, if, great beer to if brew. I, if I see a Kolsch, you yeah. know, I'm I'm all over that. Uh, you know, it's kind of a. You can definitely get an impression of the brewer when they make a Kolsch. Right, right. Because there's a lot going on in a very, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a romantic beer, but it's it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, made and easy to drink. So, right. Well, I think you know, a big part of it is quality of ingredients. I think the ingredients show, you know, when you're when you're brewing a beer like this. Yeah, especially you know. one of our examples. Right, right. Uh, let's start with uh, Mister Spilly the beer. Everything cool, uh, Moscow? Yeah, here. it's cool. All right, bud. Well, I, sh- I was sure enjoying the flat tail tailgater before I spilled it. Damn it! All over my we goddamn got, self. We have a can left. Yeah, luckily, well, and luckily I got it mostly on my jeans. I, I really, yeah, the flat tail I thought was just amazingly awesome, fresh, and mm-hmm. it kind of got like fruitier as I sipped it. The first sip I took, I, I was like, uh oh, this is going to be one of those ones where I don't, I'm not going to know what to say because it just kind of is like clean and simple. I, I, I just like you, Moscow. Yeah, except for the clean, neither part. or simple, <laughs> complicated and messy, but the. The yeah, the fruity character kind of became more pronounced, at, you know, on like sip number two, and I only got to sip number three before I spilled it. Uh-huh. Uh, the fru tastes really old to me, um, especially awesome. up against these other two. It's like prune juice, <laughs> not not pleasant. I would love to taste this beer in Germany. And the Cali Craft was similar to the Flat Tail. I thought it was pretty clean, tasted fresh. It was a lot more like grainy character, and I was trying to be like, oh, what is the what is the yeast doing to this beer? And it's like I don't even taste it. It's like so neutral to, to my taste bud. It just kind of tastes like fizzy grain water. Which one? The the Calicraft. Huh. Yeah. Fizzy grain water. Hmm. Huh. Huh. It's tough. It's tough for really? me to do these ones. There's like, I, they're, you know what I mean? They're, they're simple, delicious beers, but I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> John? Not simple and messy. Okay. <laughs> what would you say? Complicated like, and messy. Complicated messy. Yeah, yeah. Huh. All I can say, Scott, is, huh, huh, huh. okay. Uh, the Cali Craft has some uh, issues with brew process and uh, some cleanliness. It's got major DMS going on. Uh, like a green vegetable, I get like a an asparagus kind of green vegetable flavor. <laughs> Something's funky with that beer. That, I couldn't even drink oh, that. Oh, that's oh. what I was reading as grainy, is what you just said. And now I taste it hearing what you just said, and you're totally right. But I was tasting it as green. The fruit is good. You could definitely get the the water profile, but you don't get the freshness that you, that beer needs. Uh, you can definitely tell it's oxidized. It's been aged. I mean, it's come like six thousand miles. Um, but great beer when fresh. And the flat tail, hands down to them, and brilliant beer and great packaging. Great beer in a can. Uh, I thought it had the cleanest malt profile, uh, freshest overall flavor uh, my only initial impression was when once i first tasted it it had a little bit of a candy note i don't know if it was from the pilsner malt but i enjoy the flat huh <laughs> so <laughs> all right so how do you I, I really don't care how scott's ranking them john how are you ranking them i'm going flat tail first really oh yeah okay oh, for sure 
and then just based on freshness and then you go in what fruit, fruit and then fruit second and then kelly kelly ghost last <coughs> all right scott how did you have them ranked <laughs> Uh, I had yeah the the cult, the flat tails are runaway number one and then really? but I yeah but okay. at number two I had the uh, the ca- the Cali just because uh-huh. yeah both you're right that both have off flavors but huh. I find the off flavor of the Cali to be a lot so much less offensive huh. than the fru. Huh. Are you going to tell us fru's your number one because that's just I mean your credibility might go I mean, out it's the damn window. good beer I mean fru's great well not but All not right. this bottle huh <laughs> tasty. tasty? I'm trying to think how, if I can, how off the wall I can be here to blow you away. <laughs> yeah. After these two, I don't know what the hell. I want to hear a huh when I'm done. All right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not the same as them, so that's uh, okay. That's something. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, flat tail is way too uh, too sweet for uh, for Kolsch. When I think of a Kolsch, it's going it's uh, you know uh, Kolsch is the beer that a, that a, a tap room should have to. You know, for the Budweiser drinker that you know that wants a beer that has a nice, you know, Pilsner character, not not you know not a not a big malty beer. To I me, mean, I find it way too sweet. I, I couldn't uh, as I got you know get further into a pint. I think I'd be and it warmed up. I think it'd be just even more a little bit more annoying. So, uh, it's um, it's a great beer, and I would yeah, definitely uh, advise people to put it in their lineup. But to me, it's not like a classic uh, Colts or anything like that. Um. I didn't get the off flavors in the Calicraft, uh, but I'm not a big DMS or green apple kind of fighting guy. I certainly can do diacetyl, but uh, I didn't get any trace of that. Um, it's a little, it's a little uh, again, less like what I would consider to be a traditional Kolsch, but uh, it's a good beer. It's got balance. Uh, could use a little more malt character, maybe a little more you know, character malt or something like that, but it's good. I actually liked it uh, a second. I'm a fan of the fruit, and it's, it's skunked. But, uh, you know, I have to give, you know, I can't. I'm, I'm guessing I'm as much ranking the beer that it, it probably is in its, in its, when it's local community rather than when I'm getting in this really old bottle. Jamil. So, Jamil. Huh. Huh. huh? Jamil. Huh. huh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, one lung. <laughs> Old one lung. <laughs> Old one lung. All right. All right. That's the next beer. beer uh, um, by heretic. Old one lung. All right. Dry hop. Pigeon right. I'll tell you this. I think that, um, like I said before, malt is key in this. And if you do not have the proper malt character, if you do not have the proper fermentation character, then you're going to be in real trouble. In brewing a beer like this, if you're if you're going to try and brew this beer using domestic discount two row in the U.S., you're not going to make a great Kolsch. I think you might be able to. You're speak making a blonde ale. Is what you're making a passive <laughs> one, right? Yeah, a passable one. Yeah, yeah, more blonde ale. I think malt is the the, the big the big kicker there. And I'll tell you what, there's a new book out by Brewers Publications. Which has printed uh, both of my books uh, called Malt. We did uh, Chris White that. and I did did the yeast one. John Palmer and uh, Colin Kaminsky did the water one, and uh, uh, Stan did the hops one. And now uh, John Mallet's done the malt one. And I I put this on my <clears throat> list to buy books to buy 
before it came out. Because malt is such a critical part everything. of everything you do. As a home brewer, I've always advocated, hey, you know, throw in a little bit more. Don't worry about efficiencies, things like that. You know, but I've always advocated for the selection of malt. You know, your type of malt, your source of malt. And this book covers all that and covers covers a lot more. I think, uh, you know, it gives you everything you, you need to know about, you know, malt analysis and selection, handling, um, you know, the, the things, uh, you know, crucial to any, any quality brewer. Uh, John Mallett, I don't know if you guys know him. He's mm-hmm. very well respected. Uh, he's from Bell's Brewery. Um, you know, he's, he's been one of those, one of those guys that, uh, uh, you know, quite brilliant and, uh, you know, quite knowledgeable. So it's really cool to see him do this book, Malt. You, know, you pick it up, uh, from the AHA bookstore and you probably, I don't know if, you, do we have this in the Brewing Network store? If we don't already, we will soon. Well, there you go. Buy it from the Brewing Network, and uh, you're gonna, uh, you know, any profit from it is gonna go to the bottom line Brewing Brewing Network and keep shows like this on the air. So, Good. can uh, I buy help, one right help now? Support uh, probably. You probably buy this one. I don't know. I'm done. I'm done with it. I've got my own copy at home. Oh, you, cool. you can get it on Amazon too, right? I want that one though. Yeah, yeah. You buy. Yeah, it's another way to support the Brewing Network is to click through the uh, Amazon, Amazon banner on our homepage yeah, well, and then do all your shopping as normal. Click through, buy this book, there everybody wins. There you are. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, I will tell you all why you, well, with the exception of Jason, why you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And, uh, <laughs> and so pretty much no different than any other show. show. Right? We'll be back after this. Huh. Huh. You know the the 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. 
moonlight meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, moonlight meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. And now get 15% off by going to moonlightmeadery.com forward slash BNArmy and use coupon code BNArmy at checkout. Hey, sign me up for that party. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand. Most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now. Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand. The only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer and start brewing from the top tier. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Plisé. It's Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're talking to Kolsch. I'm gonna about to tell these guys why they. Huh. Huh. <laughs> um, all right, so <clears throat> lay it on. Come on, bring it. All right, the flat tail. Flat tail is a pretty good description, I think. Is I'm sorry. You talked about malt water. I mean, all boobs no tail. That just does not have. Kind of the, uh, I mean, if you look at the fruit, you're talking about, uh, you know, having a, uh, you know, there's that grainy, malty kind of character that is critical to, you know, when we're talking about malt character, that's what we're talking about. You know, we're not talking about sweetness. We're talking mm. about malt taste. The breadiness. Malt taste, the breadiness, the crack. The cardo is it right? The grain, yeah. right. And I'm not getting that from the flat tail. I'm getting domestic two-row. You know what? Uh, as, as it warms up and yeah, I taste the dreads, yeah, yeah. you definitely get a, uh, a bready note in the bottom. Right, right. And then you get a and sweetness. And I, you know, and it's sweet, like Tasty was saying. Yeah. It doesn't have malt character. I mean, it may have malt sweetness, but it doesn't have malt character. And then, uh, you know, it's not really the, the cleanest ferment uh, for me. Uh, the Cali Kolsch, I get a, at least a little bit more uh, malt character in there. There's a, a, a hint, a slight hint of maybe some, you know, other grain than domestic two-row in there. 
But I would agree, John, there's some DMS problems in that beer. Not horrible. Tasty was like, eh, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't, it register, doesn't, doesn't register for him. So, I, you know, it's kind of kind of a tweener on, kind of a tweener on that. I see that. But at least it's got some redeeming qualities, you know, as far as the rest goes. The fruit, yes, it has some sta- it's showing signs of staling, but I did not say it's horrible. I'd say it's showing a little bit of a honey kind of character. That honey sweetness is the staling. Yeah. But what you're getting from it is you're getting, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Pilsner malty grain kind of malt character. You're getting a crisp, dry finish. You're getting, uh, you know, a little bit of that that uh, yeast fermentation ester character, you know, slight, but but there. You're getting all that, and that, to me, is a Kolsch. So, while I don't think the fruit is perfect, because it is showing some staling, I don't think it's it's horrible. It's a slight honey kind of kind of character going on. Um, but I think it's far better than the other examples, even with that. Mm-hmm. Can I just kind of throw a question out to tasting you mm-hmm. real quick about the influence of breadiness in beer and the maltiness in beer? Like, mm. in, if you were creating a recipe for this style, mm-hmm. I'm guessing based by, by what you've been saying that you would not go 100% Pilsner. You'd probably mm. m- maybe go some Munich or spl- or cut the Pilsner back something. But that way you don't get this kind of flat tail Pilsnery over Pilsnery sweetness going on. I mean, what? Yeah, you- see, I'm not even getting that. I'm I'm getting. Um, but you want that dry kind of crisp character, but with some bready notes coming through, right? Or I'm getting like get domestic two row. Gotcha. I'm not getting that Pilsner thing from from the flat tail. I'm getting two row. It is two row. You know, like like Tasty's saying, blonde ale. Gotcha. Uh, you know, not a bad beer, but not a Kolsch. So you think the fruit is more Kolsch-like or better? Like, in other both. words, both. So you would drink a bottle of the fruit before you drink a can of the flat tail? Yeah. That's, un- that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, unless I wanted a blonde ale. If I wanted a Kolsch, I'd, yeah, I'd get the fruit as well. Yeah, even as a blonde ale, I don't think, you know. <sighs> oh, yeah, well. Yeah. I'm sure fruit fresh would be It could phenomenal. be a little hoppier for yeah. a blonde ale. I'm sure. Uh-huh. I mean, what yeah. are you getting tasty in the in the uh, the what is it the flat tail? Uh, I get the, the malt profile. You know, uh, just a, just a base malt, uh, malt uh, sweetness, not a gotcha. malt flavor necessarily. And you mentioned a fermentation issue that could kind of could that contribute to this kind of cloying sweetness issue going on? Uh, you kind of get that, you know, a little little bit of that. You know, it's it's. A subtle point, but it's for me. It sticks out a little solventy. Yeah, like a, like it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a toothpaste solventy kind of, <laughs> where it kind of lingers in your nostril. Kind of. Yeah, again, I don't, I don't think it's horrible. I think, yeah, I think it's okay beer, um, and the 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 Cali Kolsch as well, um. I think that the fruit used to be a great beer. And, uh, you know, what it's got is a little bit of staling because it got shipped over from Germany, whereas the Cali one came how many feet in the <laughs> yeah. flat tail one came, you know, miles or however many miles. Yeah. 
you know, so all things being equal, I'm saying that the fruit was the better brewed beer. Now, if the fruit was showing, you know, some more extremes, then perhaps I would say, well, it wasn't as well brewed. But what I'm saying is we're talking about the beers that were brewed and these others are not quite up to snuff compared to compared to that. I guess you would say that would give uh, Fru more props. I mean, it, it travels right. 6,000 miles versus 600. Right, right. And that beer is still, like, right there. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, a lot of the great character of it is, is you know, stands forth for me. So, uh, apparently Tasty and I would have Fru as the winner. I agree. Callie is second, and Flattail is third. And there's your, there's, there's your winner right there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Victory. Well, was that uh, due to uh, voting or no? No, you say <laughs> that was that was due to you and I agreeing. There's actually a handicap involved. <laughs> you and I agreeing right there. Can we get some uh, some caller input? Because I'm, I'm hoping this guy maybe has had flat tail and, oh, can, yeah. and can back me up. Oh, back up, John Scott, and I Scott can just not take. You know, if he's see, Scott is clearly he's obviously had his beer before. Be- I've never had right, before no, beforehand no, has decided oh. that that was that was. You know, all right. All right. Dan? Go ahead. Dan. Dan, you there? No, it's Scott, man. Hey, what's up? Hey, turn your uh, your your feed down there. Is it, you, am I okay now? Yeah, you're good, man. You're in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah, this is the blind guy, man. Oh, blind guy. What's up, blind guy? Hey, guys. Listen, I'm, I'm glad I caught you talking about this because actually... I had an opportunity. We we were making an effort to donate to the to the local club, and we really didn't intend to win anything. We were just putting money in a lottery, and we ended up winning two sacks of grain. One of the sacks was actually identified as Cole Schmoll, mm-hmm. and I can't. I want to say it was Shiel, okay? But mm-hmm. I, this has been a while back, and I thought, oh, this is perfect. I can use the hell out of this. But then uh, when it came down to, to brass tacks, it was everybody said, oh no no, you can't use that because. It'll end up going too dark on you and throwing you out of style. I'm like, well, how can you have a malt that's identified and, and, and malted in Germany, mm-hmm. identified as a Kolsch malt, but everybody's saying, oh, no, it's too dark. So, What was the EBC like, on it? I don't remember. It's been so long, I don't remember. It's just like everybody said it was like it's going gonna, it's gonna to go twice as dark if the Kolsch is maybe not, not strictly twice as dark, but almost twice as dark. As the coal should really be. Nah, people don't know what the hell they're talking about. Did you try brewing with? Yeah. I, I, what I did was I did a lot John. of Heidelberg. I like the Heidelberg uh, Pilsner. Uh-huh. So I, I ended up cutting it like um, 75 25. And, uh, you know, it, it came out all right. But I, I was hesitant to compete with it because I'm like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to end up too dark and then. All right, now, you know, now, all the effort. I, the I, I, I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to cast aspersions here. But as a blind guy, why the hell are you worrying about the color of the beer so much? <laughs> it's competition. <laughs> well, I know it's only it's only three. What is it? Three points or two points or whatever? It's one I, at most. Just one. I, I was yeah, because you you were talking about how specific the flavor is and how. Uh-huh. You know, right. you don't want a pure pilsner, but right, you want right. some of that breadiness. And I definitely, I made the mistake of underhopping too, so it was a little bit on the sweet side. But it, it had a really nice floral, uh, floral effect to it. Okay, mm-hmm. it was really, mm-hmm. it, was, it was quite tasty, maybe a bit too sweet. So it was, right. it was a mm-hmm. little bit more malt forward. 
Um, but I was just curious about that because everybody said, oh, you can't, you can't no. use that metal throw you out of style. Don't, don't listen to people, especially people you hear on internet radio. <laughs> you know, it don't. It, Is you he know, saying you said that? No. Uh, no, okay. But I, I, oh, no, but just don't listen to your explanation. Yeah, just brew whatever, and you know, give it a try. How many of those people had brewed with it? I don't know. I kind of figured that's why they were giving it away at a lottery because no one wanted it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Probably because those guys were jealous that you had it and you were going to brew something decent with it. You know, I, just don't listen to people. Just do what you think, and yeah. know, see how that turns out. Have you had any experience with this? I think I'm pretty sure it's Shield that makes it. No, uh, Northern no. Brewer has a malt called uh, Shield Kolsch malt. Is it widely available? It. Like it's, so, it must be that's right. It. It's yeah, four point five L. It sounds like that's fine. Is fine. That's not going to darken. That's fine. No, anything. no one in this room has ever brewed with it. I have not. No, they I, probably didn't even know what Kolsch meant. It does. By, the picture does show a fair number right. of darker. Four point five. So that's it's, fine. It's a kiln malt. That's I guess, fine. And. Uh, I get the feeling it's, a, it's something you would use in a smaller percentage to give your beer a Kolsch character. Like, no, 100%. Like you might use a Munich. Yeah. Like you might use a Munich. Use a yeah. Kolsch. No, the style yeah. guidelines say gold to strong right. gold in yeah, color. Yeah, yeah. This color beer you'll, you'll get with four and a half love malt. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. 100% brewer, yeah, but you dude. know there's a spread on those, on those, on those colors. There's always going to sure. be a variation, but not, yeah, it's, not big enough to make a difference. It's fine. Hey, it's fine. Uh, blind yeah. guy, have you ever had flat tails Kolsch? <laughs> no, I wish I could say yeah. We don't we don't get a lot of that good stuff out out here. Okay. Um, well, if you do get it, can you call back please once you realize how good it is and and maybe uh, it helps ask Jay Z what he's re- talking redeem about. Redeem his. Please. Thanks for calling, blind his, guy. His lack of uh, uh, knowledge of Kolsch and, and Welbury beer. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm just saying. <laughs> Hey, what? You? I think this might. You cannot accept when when something doesn't go your way. I can take it up the. uh, (laughs) John can take it up the ass anytime, anytime it's needed. I've been doing it for eight years or so. Right, right. (laughs) That's why we love John. John is like, yeah, yes, sir. I'll take another. Yep. There you go, Scott. you, You do a little too much struggling. I guess. You know, I'll never let go of my dignity. Yeah. Well, you let go of that it when you join the Brewing Network. <laughs> All right, guaranteed. Well, and, and if you want, if you want to hear, oh, Jesus right. Christ! If you want to, if you want to hear, it was you were my boy tonight, baby. <laughs> if you want to hear, spilled his glass. If you want to hear more people letting empty. go of their dignity, listen to more Brewing Network. That, yeah, where, that's shows, where you're yeah. gonna. That's where you're gonna hear more loss of dignity than anywhere. Sunday session. Sure, oh, low we can go. Serious loss that's of dignity. I can definitely go. attest to that. <laughs> Doctor Dr. I mean, look, look at Oh my God! Look at this. They soul. have no dignity to start with. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Strong. Jesus, the guys can't spell dignity on that show. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about a lack of dignity. The Brewing Network's your place. Well, wait, I'm now, you. what about Jay Goodwin, the host of the Sour Hour, who oh, still yeah. has oh, his oh, dignity? Yeah. How long will it last? We've got to keep him uh, on. He's, you know, he's yeah. only the, on show six. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the over-under, by, by show ten. Yeah. <laughs> show All right, ten. so like, early this year. Show ten. Before summer. Show ten. Who, who's taken over? Who's taken under? Show ten. I'll take the over. Jay's a But he goes over to the dark side? Yeah, he's a dignified individual. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you're... you're Forgetting the power of the brewing network. We're having an influence on him. That's true. He does sit right. right next to me. There I'm still go. taking the over. I'll yeah. take 25 over. Wow. 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 Over or under? 
I'll take the under with you. Uh, right, right. Wow. And Tasty and I will go and sit in on a show with him. We'll make him. Yeah, we'll <laughs> that, show him how to do it. Wait, that's power of influence. We've, wait, we've got on. the hold under in the bag. That's cheating. In the bag. Yeah, we could have a Jay's medical corner. We could show him how to do that. Or, oh, yeah. That's why it's... And we'll, we'll like pull his pants down oh, and shit. just like, uh, we'll have video for it, too. There you go. That's Jay's Bebo. Medical Corner. <laughs> like they love the glare, the Bevo glare. Like, what just happened? I'm not even glaring. I'm just wondering what's it's happening. Yeah, he needs it's, a, it's, a, it's the total needs... loss of dignity of the Brewing Network. That's all. He needs some more influence. That's why sure. it's so successful. Yeah. What about you, Beaver? Do you have some dignity left? No. N- really? really? <laughs> <laughs> she no. married Sam. I mean, really. And I have this, I think, I think this eternal, proposed to you. like, this. Well, it's pretty much the total loss right there. Justin tells me to do things, and I'm just like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's true. I don't yeah, even question that it. That's true. It's, you know, Stockholm Syndrome or whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> You're Karen Carpenter, Bebo. <laughs> All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I want a recipe for a Kolsch at every one of you right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots, and the BN Army receives 10% off their Homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code AIH10 at checkout. The Brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at Homebrewing. Brewing.org. If you don't know Yeast Man, you're missing out. White Labs Yeast Manager, Yeast Man, is available free to any brewer. Yeast Man is your direct link to White Labs Yeast Production Facility. Yes, you can check yeast availability, and yes, you can place an order, but Yeast Man is much more. View yeast quality control and analytical reports. See your big QC day entries and reports. Get access to the entire White Labs catalog, specials on overruns of freshly made yeast, and customized options for your account. Yeastman is the only real-time online ordering in the business connected directly to factory production. Yeastman is always on and always live. It's the largest online marketplace for specialty brewer's yeast and related products. Visit Yeastman.com today and tap directly into White Lab's production facility. Gonna brew? Yeastman to the rescue. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, the forum, 
the Learning Center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to Jamil, Tasty, and Chicken Boy. This is Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. Uh, during the break, uh, Bevo, the lovely Bevo, was was here with us, and we were discussing the various things that she was drinking, we were drinking, and uh, Scott forced another uh, pour of the flat tail on me. And, forced uh, it. Oh, well, forced on Beaver, and Beaver shared some with me. And uh, I would say that that pour was better. It had far more DMS when f- f- straight out of the can. My pour before was missing the DMS had blown off and, and the carbonation had blown off. It did not. Re- it does not retain a lot of carbonation. Carbonation just goes right out of that that beer right away, and um, adds to kind of that watery feel. But um, I thought it was better than the pour I had before. Doesn't really change my ranking, but it was it was better than than what I had before. Hmm. But uh, the DMS was more full in that, you know. Uh, uh, Bevo said corn like, and sure enough, DMS. Yes, it was quite quite corn like. Um, which brings up an important part when you when you're brewing one of these, you're using all this pale pilsner malt. How do you control boil it? Boil the snot out. You know, ninety minute boil minimum. Now is that ninety minute? Or is that with with hops, or is that thirty minute without hops? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, doesn't I mean if you did ninety minutes with hops, doesn't that affect your IBUs? Sure, sure but that's sure. your formula. Yeah. Right. Okay. The, the point being, the malt, ninety minute boil. You go one hundred and five. In theory, one hundred and five is enough to to counter any SMM. Um, that's new news. Huh. Uh, but you know, ninety is considered. But you can go one hundred and five. You know, the whole thing about oh, the the beer's going to turn out too dark and all that. I think uh, Chris Colby, when he was B, with BYO, he did some tests on the color that is developed through boiling. And sure enough, you know, if you boil something and you concentrate it down, it's going to look darker. You're talking heavy percentage, right? You know, it's going to look darker. But if you add water back to the same volume as something was boiled less, mm. the color is almost negligible. You're really not developing a lot of color when you boil your wort down. You're just concentrating the volume. So, you know, you can feel free to boil longer. You know, add back a little bit of water, you know, to get yourself in that in that range. So that's why, like, for if you want to end up with five gallons of beer, boil six and a half. Right, right, right. right. Something like that. But uh, I think that that's, uh, you know, important important part of it as well why not why not boil all beers 90 minutes or more i i always did i, I always did. you know there was very it was the exception that i would do a, a 60 minute or yeah. less yeah when i went from uh extract to all grain uh the book i had said yeah the extra 30 minutes is what the monster does for you you know when you get the extract that's but already you been boil done. you boil 90 minutes no i do yeah because all, yeah. yeah, it's all went to all grain right right yeah extract I don't, yeah you wouldn't have to yeah i i, I much prefer 90 minute boil I think it's you know thirty minutes well spent. Okay, uh, Scott, you don't have a, uh, a recipe, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I know to use Kolsch yeast, <laughs> so uh, you know word to the wise. Oh, I didn't. Nice. I got one. John, does it include Kolsch yeast? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, uh, WLPO twenty nine White Labs you know, uh-huh. Kolsch yeast. I, uh-huh. would, I would ferment it at fifty eight to sixty degrees Fahrenheit. 
you know, eight to ten days. You make sure it finishes. And then I would do a diastole rest at 62, you know, 63 degrees for four days. Uh, my grain bill would be nine pounds of German pills, maybe a half a pound of Munich. Or what I've done in the before to kind of cut back on the uh, Pilsner influence, I would add maybe like seven pounds of Pilsner, two pounds, two row, and maybe a hint of Munich. Uh, quarter pound, half pound of Munich. And all Holotar hops all the way through. Ounce, ounce for 60 minutes and a half ounce for the last 15. That's my Kolsch. <laughs> is, that, is that common for how you like to write recipes? Same hop all the way through, or is it just specific to the style? I've always, all my recipes for all my beers have always been less is more. Hmm. So if I make an IPA, it's two hops. I make a Kolsch, it's one hop. Um, malts, I try to not have more than three or four. You can get color from two malts. You know, I just think that way I can kind of figure out what's going on. Do you agree with that as a general rule, Jamil? Um, I think it's a, a wise way to approach recipe formulation. You know, start out with something like that. The 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 problem most uh, people when they start out formulating recipes have is they want to throw in too much. Oh, a little of this, a little of that. Oh, for that for that thing I'm reading in the style guide, I'll throw in this, and then I'll throw in that, and then I'll throw in this, and I'll throw in that, and it's way overwhelming. I think you know John's approach is is really, you know, especially when you're starting out. I would I would do just like John does. You know, pick your base malt, pick like one specialty malt, maybe two or three. You know. Pick one hop, you know, just just work through it simply to start. Pick one mash temperature, you're not step mash, not all, you know, don't get fancy. Keep it really basic. And then after you've perfected that, then go, okay, maybe I'm going to make a little slight adjustment by doing this or doing that. And then, you know, see how far that can take you. And when you throw in all this crap, you don't know really what's going on. You may end up with a muddled mess, I think. Uh, tasty? All right, well, here's the coast that I uh, used to brew, which I think became my Dartmunder export. But it did, it did, uh, I did convince a few judges it was a coast, so whatever. Uh, yeah, but they didn't know. There you go. Uh, it's, uh, it's a uh, 10.50 beer, 12.35 Play-Doh, uh, 56% uh, German Pilsner, uh, 20% uh, U.S. domestic pale malt. 16% flaked wheat and 8% uh, Munich malt. Uh, I do a step mash on that. Uh, 125 for 15 minutes, 143 for 10, 154 for 30, mash out at 170, sparge for 45. I'd ferment this at uh, 55 degrees with the White Labs WLP 833 Bakis. What? What? Then it's not a Kolsch. Tasty didn't take my recipe advice, which is inconceivable. I love yeah. it, though, Tasty. That's awesome. <laughs> Whatever. What is the story? Guys- Just the malt character is what makes it a Kolsch, I think. Hmm. I like it. That's right. awesome. What does that yeast give it that the, uh, the Kolsch just, yeast doesn't? Uh, A33 is like the one of, of lager yeast. It's real neutral. It gives it nothing. Mm-hmm. Not going to use one. I think, got the same result. But this is where Tasty's brilliant, though, because he's getting this super malty yeast that has a sulfur note that's super clean and doesn't influence much ester profile. And so yeah. when judges are judging this beer, they're looking for the cleanest, crispest beer. And if he's lagering mm. it, but it, he's you kinda, know, two pills like. 
I think, you know, you're looking for a little hint of that fruitiness, a little hint of that right. ale. Like the fruit exhibits a bit of that ale kind of character that uh, the the others don't really come across. They come across as like, you know, more 001. He's got like 40% malt, pale malt in there. Yeah. Maybe that's where he's getting that. Tasty's a heretic. I'm a nut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, 1048 for me, starting gravity, finishing gravity 009. Uh, 25 IBU using Rager. Uh, 4 SRM, uh, around 5.1% ABV. You're going to use 10.3 pounds of a good German Pilsner malt. And then half a pound of Vienna. German Vienna. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could replace all that with some Kolsch malt from our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer, I would go 100% that. I think the problem with the Pilsner malt, not dark enough. Gotcha. You don't get enough color. That's why you can't make a Kolsch with 100% Pilsner malt. Mm. It's not dark enough. I used to use Munich. Somebody convinced me to switch over to Vienna, and i got to admit Vienna's a, probably a better choice. But Munich will work as well. You need a little bit more color than you're going to get from Pilsner malt. If this was made with 100% Pilsner, that would be so straw blonde, it wouldn't be there. A four level bond, four and a half level bond malt sounds perfect to me. I tell you, if I'm going to make Kolsch, that's the malt I'm going to try. I'm going to try that 100%. I might order some right now. That's the way to go. The description of the malt uh, indicated it had more of a bready character, which I could see your Vienna doing. You've got that bready... You've got all that, uh, you know, and then ferment it with, uh, well, uh, hops. I go Hallertau, 4% alpha acid, a 60-minute addition, an ounce and a half, 43 grams. You're talking, uh, I give you about 25 IBU with Rager. Uh, I like the, o, the O29 from White Labs, or I'm, I lean actually a little bit more towards the Y yeast uh, 2565 Kolsch. And they're both good choices, they but my preference in this case is actually for the Y yeast versus the uh, White Labs. Uh, I like to uh, do be- the. Huh? Sorry to interrupt, but the, the yeast strain preference is that because you get a little bit more sulfur from the twenty five sixty five Y yeast? I found I, that I, I get a little bit more sulfur. Oh, really? I get a little more fruity, and uh, I get a little more crispness. Yeah, right. Uh, so, may, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about the sulfur. Hmm. Uh, mash of one forty nine. And then uh, 65C, and then uh, <clears throat> 90-minute boil, and uh, ferment, you know, around uh, in your d- – depends. Uh, a little higher on the uh, on the White Labs yeast, you know, 64, 65. A little lower with the Y yeast, you know, 60, 62. And uh, make yourself a fine beer right there. And what does John say? Drink it. Drink it. Right on. Right on. Nice quality, quality beer there. Good show. Well, it was a show. <laughs> we went from pigeons to colch. That's brilliant. Hey, that's, that's some quality, quality uh, podcasting right there. There you go. And if you like this show, uh, you have high high quality tastes. Uh, but if you want to keep seeing this show on the air, you'll check out our fine sponsors, uh, Northern Brewer. Check them out. Check out uh, the Brewing Network. Check out their uh, the store there, brewingnetwork.com slash store. You can pick up the, the malt book there from uh, John Mallet. You can pick up a lot of other great books. You can pick up hoodies and glassware and all that stuff. And when you do, it all goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and keeps shows like this 
streaming to your ears. Pumping this shit out. <laughs> for free. Free, mind you. Free. So uh, check it out and check out these fine beers uh, that we had here. Till then, everybody, brew strong. And I'm a clean.